Hello friends and welcome to episode number 140 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick and I don't want to talk about Euro. Yes, France was eliminated today. Fuck off. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I'm super salty about it. Uh, no, congratulations to the Swiss. Best of luck in the next round. Um, you're going to lose. <laughs> uh, it's Patrick here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He's Justin Anderson, also known as The Professor. Uh, who refers to him as the professor? I have no idea. Um, how are you doing, Justin? You're in Saskatoon. Is it hot? <laughs> yeah, it's it's super hot. Um, yeah, it's fucking yeah. disgusting here too, my my dude. It sucks. The heat is really starting to get to me, and then at the same time, to have a sombering defeat uh, in penalties and extra time and all that other shit. Uh, in Euro, it sucks. Uh, we're, the French are going home way too early. But that's what happens when you leave everything up to chance. Yep. <laughs> um, that being said, uh, you know, we got to move on. Uh, the Stanley Cup final is this week. It starts tonight. Um, Wait, give, still, give me hockey's your... still on? It is, yeah. Oh, I know. When wow. the Leafs lose, you you have your object permanence shuts off, and you just forget about them until next March. It's baseball season. Yeah, that's right, uh, and and the the uh, the Toronto Blue Jays had a great week, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But before we get to that, um, just give me your one sentence Stanley Cup final prediction, and then I'll give you mine. I hope both teams lose. Okay, but really, if you have to pick one team or the other, in how many games? Lightning in four. Oh, you're such a spiteful turd. <laughs> oh my god. I'm telling hey, you, is, the Lightning have like three salary caps, so like that's right, yeah. They, they have like four teams playing for them, so they should be fine. Yeah, it's it sucks that they're if they win it, it'll forever be mired in cap circumvention, blah 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 blah. Uh, at the same time, I, I mean, you know me, I'm not rooting for the <laughs> I'm not rooting for the Bolts. Uh, I'm all in on the Habs train. My dad is a Habs fan. I was a Habs fan until I was old enough to learn uh, more about hockey on my own time. And then I became a Red Wings fan. But that being said, I have a soft spot for the Habs. So I'm saying uh, Canadien in seven. You heard it here first. Nobody believed this team could beat the Leafs, and they beat them. Nobody believed they would get past the Jets, and they swept them. Nobody thought they would get uh, past the Vegas Golden Knights, who are built to win now. And they bounced them in six games. And here they are now on top of the pile. You can't deny them that their team is playing some amazing hockey right now. And they might actually have a shot. So we'll see. Um, lots in the news. Uh, lots about All-Star that we will talk about. And then we'll get into the results. And then looking ahead. So Justin, you are the leader of the band. Kick us off. Sounds good. Yeah. Lots of news to report this week. We'll start off with Vladdy. He was named American League Player of the Week uh, this past week. He Over six games, he hit for a 391 average with a uh, 826 slugging percentage, including three home runs, a double, seven driven in, and four, and four uh, uh, walks. Another great week for Vlad. Yay. Uh, right-handed pitcher. The Axeman, John Axford, who had signed a minor league deal with the Jays, is going to report to AAA Buffalo on Tuesday, which is tomorrow, to begin a AAA assignment. 
to see if he still's got it. And if he's got it, then they will try to find some room on the 40-man roster for him by presumably DFAing one of the guys who has been throwing up constant dumpster fires. So we'll see who that ends up being. So good luck to the Axeman. Hopefully he can pitch well. Uh, now, yeah, ton of injury updates. Alejandro Kirk is going to AAA for a rehab. The speculation is he's probably going to have to play like one to two weeks there before a decision is made on whether to bring him up or leave him in AAA. Uh, we're still not sure when he's going to play in AAA. It could be as early as tomorrow if he's ready to get into game action. Uh, speculating an early to mid-July return for him. Steven Matz is coming off the COVID IL to face the Seattle Mariners this week. We'll talk about his start in a bit. Ryan Barecki threw a live bullpen session on Friday. He's going to throw again today or tomorrow. They're either going to do live BP or another bullpen. Uh, and before he begins a rehab assignment, uh, he will go to AAA for a return or for a rehab assignment after that as well too. Danny Jansen is still not running at 100%, but he caught some live pitching uh, from Steven Matz in, a, in his live BP and also took some at-bats against Matz as well too. So as soon as he can get up to speed running uh, with his leg injury, he'll be sent down for AAA and he could be an early to mid-July return as well. Dolis, another guy who could be early to mid-July. He's out with the. He felt some numbness in his pitching hand during his last uh, appearance, and he last the last update from him was a week over a week ago on the twentieth. Now, where he had thrown a bullpen and still felt some mild numbness. Mm -hmm. He'll likely need a bullpen and a rehab assignment too before returning. Julian Merriweather is much in the same boat. He threw a side session uh, a few days ago, which went really well. Uh, Montoyo expects him to throw another live bullpen and then go on rehab assignment. He's on track to return early July. And then Thomas Hatch, who is not injured anymore. He's just been in AAA building up as a starter for a while. Uh, he could be brought up really at any time if there's an injury to the rotation or they decide to move him back to the bullpen. His return could be whenever he is needed. So lots of uh, lots of early July returns, Patrick Marsh, especially with Dolis, Barucki, and Merriweather coming back. That would be a big, uh, a big bonus for our bullpen. Yeah, for sure. You look at this list here. I mean, I don't expect Alejandro Kirk to walk back onto this team and perform the same way he did last year. Uh, so far, everything that we've seen from him this year indicates that that might have been just sort of adrenaline. Um, but I'm optimistic. Uh, it's okay if he takes his time because right now Reese McGuire is on fire. Um, I'm mildly worried about Danny Jansen and his place on this team. If Reese continues to hit this well, I understand it's not sustainable, but uh, still, uh, you know, we can't carry three catchers, so someone's probably going to get traded or optioned, who shouldn't be. Uh, Barucki would be a big plus to this team. Obviously, Matt's is a huge plus. Dolis, um, I wish him luck in his recovery. Uh, I'm very excited about Julian Merriweather. Uh, I wonder if he will immediately return to the close role or if he will be our eighth mm. inning guy and Romano will be the guy slinging uh, in the yeah. ninth. You can't take Romano away um, no. from uh, from the closer's role. I, I would think Merriweather will slot in in the seventh or eighth inning. Uh, they'll give him some low leverage probably his first couple of times back just to get him back into major league games. Yeah. So we'll see. Would you rather a non-prepared Julian Merriweather in the seventh inning or a current Tyler Chatwood? 
Uh, oh God, that's a difficult question. I'm going to go with Mayweather. <laughs> yeah. So he might not actually get as much prepare- preparation as we think. Uh, Thomas Hatch is an extremely interesting player to me because he could represent a trade piece. Uh, I know their their hope is that he'll be, you know, a starter or a high leverage reliever this season. Um, but he he's kind of an attractive trade piece, is he not? Oh, a little bit, perhaps. Yeah. He he could be packaged up with one of the catchers. Probably not Danny. It's probably if we're being honest. You're gonna hate me for saying this, but out of our three catchers, I would rather trade Alejandro Kirk because he is the highest potential. But I would trade him, Thomas Hatch, and um, Jordan Groshans for an elite starter and a good serviceable uh pen arm to colorado yeah oh, that's that's possible i don't think it'll happen no um, i know i'm just if anyone's shooting. getting traded it's probably reese mcguire because uh probably the fact that he doesn't have any options left and Roddy adams is obviously gonna get option whenever either kirk or jansen come back because he can go down, or we don't really care if we lose him because he's the least ceiling catcher that we have in our organization, uh, including Gabe Mourinho, who may be the highest ceiling that we have. Um, yeah, yeah, he might be a top 10 prospect in baseball by the end of the season. He, I wouldn't say the end of the season, but he very well could be by the time he comes up if he continues on his current uh, mashing of the baseball. I haven't seen a catcher hit that well since like early days of salvador perez it's just insane but i digress um let's get into the results or do you want to talk talk all-star first yeah all right all right we can talk all-star yeah let's uh let's pull up our ballots here i know we both voted today with the the final uh vote starting they wiped all the recurrent totals off which is kind of stupid and i I think it's it's so dumb dumb. it is i think fan voting in general is stupid but uh I think, I think we probably both did a pretty good job here um, picking the best players regardless. I tried not to let my Blue Jay bias uh, really impact me. I tried to pick players who have had big impacts on their teams and have also put up insanely good numbers. So uh, let's start with the very top, I guess. Uh, first base, Patrick, who do you have for the American League? <laughs> for the American League, I have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. No way, me too. For the National League, I have Frederick Freeman. Oh, I went with Max Muncy. Um, nah. I, I think Muncy's just been like a premier power hitter for the whole season. Um, and his his yeah. OPS is outstanding. I, I just feel like he's been, a with especially when the Dodgers lost Bellinger, he did a really good job to kind of keep them afloat. Yeah, but I like Freddie Freeman. Yeah, I just don't like the barves. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I can't really make an argument against you. I, I feel like those two guys had a pretty clear front runner for that position, anyway. Well, yeah. I mean, I voted for. I voted for. A, spoiler alert! I voted for a lot of Braves in this one, just because I mm. I like the team. I like the direction they're going. They kind of remind me of a, an NL version of the Jays, if the Jays were worse. 
um, <laughs> because we beat the shit out of the Braves. Yeah. Uh, second base, I, I'm assuming we probably both have Marcus Samin here. We sure do, but do yeah. we both have Ozzy Albies? No, I went with Adam Frazier. Albies isn't even that good. I don't know what the... I, I don't understand the hype on Albies. I mean, Adam Frazier has been playing so well on a shitty Pirates team. Yeah, that's that's very true, but... He has not let the team's mediocrity, uh, I guess less than mediocrity, affect his personal play. You so know, I'm you're... With him. I, I like, you, uh, if, you if I could go out, back hey? in time... If I could go back in time, you could have made a, you could have made that case for me, and I would have voted for him. Uh, yeah. But instead, I voted for Ozzy Albies, just because it's just like a default. It's a very low energy, low effort pick. Sure. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm with it. Um, shortstop. Maybe we might disagree here. I went with Xander Bogarts. You skipped over third base. That's fine. I'm going around the horn. Oh, fine. <laughs> I voted for Bo Bichette. Okay. Um, one hundred percent strictly because of my bias. Okay. <laughs> um, it's pretty obvious that Bo is not the best shortstop. Um, uh, but I I voted because I want to. I, I you know every little bit that'll help get him there is yeah. is worth it. Bo is clearly the second best shortstop in the American League currently. Offensively, yeah, I think, offensively I, anyway. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I would never say defensively. He's <laughs> he's he's very young. Remember, he's a few years behind all the all of his contemporaries yeah, he's, he's as, in age. Yeah, he's still he's still just a little little pumpkin a out there. Um, yeah. and then the National League, uh, I I picked Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah, yeah, that yes. was. I would say the that was the biggest slam dunk in the NL. Uh. Yeah, I would give you that there. Okay, uh, back to third base. Um, it was impossible not to pick Raphael Devers. Yep. And yep. I think we both picked Justin Turner as well, hey? That's right, Justin Turner. I can't uh, A thousand-year-old Justin Turner having a resurgent season. Putting it up, those numbers. He, you know what? He looks as good as he ever has. He might have, like, a few years left. He still could, yeah. It's, it's it's hard to say. I mean, we've seen a lot of guys just like hit that wall when they hit to like that age. You see that that four zero on the calendar, and it just seems to like they just fall off a cliff. But you never know; could happen. Um, it could. Catchers. Uh, so you, you, I think you said for now, Tatis was a big slam dunk. Salvador Perez is a pretty big slam dunk too, because the other catchers in the American League both had like one seventy averages. Um, in Maldonado <laughs> yeah. and who the other one was Grandal, I think. And Perez is hitting like almost 280 yeah. with like really good numbers, uh, having a really good comeback season for him as well too. Obviously, you coming back, he had Tommy John there a couple seasons ago. So um, for Sal Perez to be as good as he has, it's awesome to see. And then uh, another slam dunk was Buster Posey, who has come to nowhere with the career resurgence. The dude's hitting 326 right now, Patrick. A catcher who hits 326. <laughs> yep. This is like vintage, like early 2010s Buster Posey making a return out of nowhere. Uh, the OPS is almost at 1,000 too, so it's not like he's just putting up a high average. He's hitting for power. He's hitting for extra bases. Like He's just having an insanely good year. It's nice to see. You love to see it. I love it when these when when these older players just surge out of nowhere to have just have yeah. these fantastic seasons. He's earned it. He's been with the Giants since two thousand and nine. Yep. That's crazy to me. Like it seems like he should be younger. <laughs> he's an overwhelmingly positive uh, defensive war player. Yep. 
He's a very good he's actually, player. He's actually on pace to have his highest war season since 2016, and he might actually get very close to his 2014 season when the Giants won it all. Yeah, so, very possible. Yeah, he's so, definitely uh, – he was a slam dunk. The, the catchers were both pretty obvious on this ballot. Yeah, he's played. He's only played fifty-two games so far this year. His his walk rate though is career high, twelve point three percent, and then his K is only eighteen. It's up. His his career K rate's going up a little bit. Um, but, so is everybody. <laughs> uh, exactly, and then his his BABIP this year is three fifty-eight. He's just been he's hitting the ball hard. He might be. He and Sal Perez might be the 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 most lopsided favorable uh, all-star picks you could possibly have there's yeah, really the pickings were slim yeah it's just so lopsided there's pretty much nobody else to pick yeah you um, love to see it though outfield this one could be fun let's start national league first i picked ronald acuna jr here i had to pick a brave unfortunately but he's such a good player <laughs> that i couldn't i couldn't avoid it and i also oh. went to, i went two people from the big red machine i got nick castellanos and jesse winker in my outfield who do you have? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I pride myself as a man of faith, and uh, there's a drive from Cassianos into deep left field. <laughs> That'll make it a 4 nothing ball game. Oof. Still super cringy, still very quotable. Still a great meme. Uh, great season for Castellanos. Absolutely deserves it. Uh, I voted for Acuna as well, and I voted for Jesse Winker as well. What a wow. great name, Jesse Winker. Sounds like a ball player. Yeah, looks like a ball player too. He's got that classic <laughs> swing. I love uh, American League. This could be fun. I've got Teoscar in there. Did you pick yep. Teoscar? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. He's been pretty great for the Blue Jays. I also went with uh, the judge, Aaron Judge. You can't not, man. You can't not. And then I picked a Baltimore Oriole. I picked Cedric Mullins. The dude demolished us, uh, or at least played really well against us the last two series, the last two weekends. So I had to go with Mr. Mullins. He did really well. So I think that the ball, just like I picked a Pirate, I think I had to pick an Oriole too, just to have some equal representation of uh, the shit teams at the all-star game <laughs> that's fair um, he's hitting 311 I, too it's like he doesn't deserve it i so. did i did pick a player from a shit team but i picked a player who had uh, about 200 points more in their ops yeah uh, byron buxton is having yeah. <laughs> like an mvp level season on a garbage minnesota twins team can you believe it i can <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Pierre. Um, but the, yeah, the Twins are seven and three in their last ten games, but they're still ten games below five hundred. Their their season is cooked already. They're be, yeah. they're they're beneath the Tigers for God's sake. My they're knock, tied with the Royals. My only knock on Buxton is that he's only played in twenty seven games so far because he was he's injured. So yeah, but he looks so goddamn yeah. Good he's right he's now. definitely uh he's, he's definitely broke out this season. This you know what I find fascinating. The best record in uh, well, I, I get tied for the best record or close closest to the best record in the uh, American League is the Toronto or sorry the Tampa Rays. I forgot because you know they own us. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the Tampa Rays, forty-seven and thirty-two. There's nobody within a hundred miles of the All Star Game from that team. That's bananas to it's me. Because they I guess maybe they're pitchers. It. Yeah, they do it with their bullpen. <laughs> yeah, they do it with the least interesting players 
you could possibly well, pick. And because this is fan voted too, uh, we know they have like 12 fans, so they weren't going to make the cut into this yeah. final vote. So, Yeah, very interesting, but I felt like yeah, absolutely, you absolutely had to. Some of these guys were like easy picks. And like the DH, there's only one guy. Yeah, showtime. It's showtime. I can't wait for him to be in the derby and just crunch home runs. Uh, it kind of sucks that Vladdy won't be there, but hey, uh, we get Trey Mancini, and that's probably one of the coolest stories in baseball this year, if not the coolest story. So good for Trey. Yeah, what if uh, what if Shohei starts the game for the American League and like leads off or something? That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> I wonder if the last time uh, maybe like, I wonder if the last time a pitcher hit in an All Star game. I wonder when that would have been. Is he going to pitch? I and hope so. Hit? I hope so. That'd be super cool. Holy fuck! He could start. He could, he could start. start yeah. He could. He could in theory start the game and then bat lead off in the first inning, and they could. Uh, well, the um, <laughs> the the game's in Colorado, right? Because they moved it out of it. Yeah, but they they don't make pitchers bat in the All Star game, though. They don't vote a designated hitter in for the National League. They'll just pick it, take an extra position player. And make them the DH because pitchers aren't going to hit in the All Star game. There's no right, chance. right. Yeah, they just the all, they just you know take what? somebody else, whoever like the next highest vote getter is, I think, and they they put them in. The All Star game is boring anyway. Who yeah, cares? like who watches it <laughs> anyway? We just went through our, our ballot for like ten minutes, so yeah, well, I guess we. Kind yeah, of but care. it's it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun to talk about the ballot. It's not so fun to watch the game. I think even the home good run job. derby is whatever. Yeah, we didn't have too much bias kick in. Uh, the only bias you really argue is. Maybe a Teoscar. There were some good outfield options in the in the AL. If Mike Trout's healthy, I, there's no way I vote for Teoscar. But Mike's only played in 20 games or whatever this season, so I can't really give him the All Star nod. That's how I felt about Buxton too. But I mean, he's having a great year when he has been healthy. So um, you got to vote for the Fish Man. It's hard not to. But Fish Man, good. Know, he he ain't going. No, he ain't going. Um, results now. So the Blue Jays went five and one this week. Patrick Marsh. Woohoo! Remember when you predicted four and two were better? Yeah. Kudos to you. I'm glad. giving you the clap. Giving you the golf clap. It was almost six and zero, oh, but we'll talk about that. Um, the right, first series not, of the don't week. Don't piss in the Cheerios before we get started. Uh, the first series of the week was a two-game set down in Miami, which seems like a long time ago now. Uh, but Tuesday and Wednesday, the Blue Jays picked up two to one and three to one wins. It was some good pitching matchups. Uh, Tim Meza was the winner in game number one. Uh, Sandy Alcantara sat, sat the Blue Jays down for the first however many six innings, I guess, until they finally got through to him. And then the Blue Jays ended up scoring a run in the top of the ninth to win that one. Vladdy had a couple of hits in an RBI, and Gurriel drove in another run as well. It was, it was one for four. It was a great start from Strip. Uh, quality start, six innings pitched, only allowed two hits in one run, which was a solo shot. Walked one batter and struck out seven. Tyler Chatwood pitched a clean inning with a strikeout. Tim Meza, who picked up the win, struck out two in his inning. And then Jordan Romano shut down uh, the Marlins. He gave up one hit, but struck out a batter in the ninth to pick up the save. And it was a, it was a really good uh, pitching exposition uh, from the Blue Jays in that one, Patrick Marsh. Yeah, I watched that game, and um, Strips looked as good as he has, uh, you know, since whatever it was, mid-May or, or whenever it was, he, he started changing his delivery. Yeah. Um, this was one of those classic, like, tight, small ball games. Where I loved it. Just, I love those games. 
Yeah, and it, it, it felt like it went by pretty quick just because the pitchers were just mowing everybody down. Well, yeah, there's on both, ten, on both ten sides. hits combined. So, yeah, seven for the Jays, yeah. three, for, three for the Marlins. So it was pretty quick. This, uh, even though it was a 2-1 win, though, the Jays, the Jays were uh, looked like they were much better uh, at the plate than Miami in this game. It, it could have been like four or five to one if, if a couple of timely hits had, had yeah, happened. Yeah, it was nice to see George Springer in the in the number five spot in the batting order in that one. That was his first game back. Yeah, didn't pick up any hits, but uh, definitely it was just lengthening the lineup, moving Grichuk out of that five spot where he had been big struggling. Um, game number two, we mentioned the Blue Jays won three to one. Robbie Ray outdueled Taylor Rogers in this one, who's been having a great season. Uh, he did. Robbie Ray did his best Ross Stripling impression and threw six innings of one-run ball, gave up just a solo shot, just like Strip the day before. He struck out six and walked one batter. It was his uh, fifth win of the season so far. Romano pitched on the back-to-back days and uh, closed up the game again. Same line as the first game, one hit, one strikeout, clean inning. Chatwood was again good, and uh, so was Tim Meza. It was the exact same three bullpen pitchers both days for the Blue Jays, and they all they basically mirrored their results. Uh, and the Blue Jays were able to sweep that little two-game set. Bo Bichette had two hits in an RBI. Hernandez drove in one on a hit, and uh, Springer actually drove in one. He was 0 for 3 with a walk, but did have an RBI in that one. So it was nice to see the Blue Jays uh, pick up back-to-back wins. Another great game that was definitely worth watching. Um, I don't remember. One of these games I think might have conflicted with with a Habs game, but uh, I stuck with them both. Uh, Robert Ray, all-star. Could be, yeah. He's been great. He's been both awesome. He, both he and Steven Matz have blown past my expectations. And um, the fact that we're starting to get six out of our starters, and this was a theme throughout the entire week, uh, spoiler alert, uh, our <laughs> starters were giving us so much more than I, I thought we were going to get from them. Yeah. Um, so terrific. Um this one, the next game, that was my favorite one to watch because I watched exactly one inning of, of, <laughs> of it, and then I turned it off. <laughs> yeah, the game Patrick is referring to is, of course, the 9 to nothing drubbing of the Baltimore Orioles back in Buffalo. Um, we, we, we had kind of hoped, we, we had kind of thought that Steven Matz might come off the COVID list for this one, but he wasn't quite ready, so the Blue Jays actually gave Anthony Kay a start, and boy was he good against Baltimore. He actually struck out the first, I think it was the first seven batters that he faced, which was a... Uh, uh, the first seven outs were recorded by strikeout, which was the, the a new Blue Jays record, I believe. Uh, over five innings, he did give up five hits and two walks, struck out eight, and did not allow a run. He got himself into a couple jams early, but was able to work around it. And thankfully, he did not give up any runs in the top of the first inning because the Blue Jays put up a six spot on Kramer, and he, I think he only recorded one out before the Orioles were forced to pull him. It was eight to nothing through three innings, or sorry, nine to nothing through three innings, and that was the final score. Uh, Anthony Castro, Patrick Murphy, Barnes, who was acquired from the Mets, and Taylor Sacedo all pitched clean innings for the Blue Jays, who won their third straight game. Patrick Gurriel hit his first grand slam too. Shout out to Lourdes Gurriel, who, as soon as I saw him make contact, I was like, "Yep, this game's over. Goodbye." Yep. <laughs> um, saved me two and a half hours of watching the Baltimore Orioles flail wildly at pitches 
Uh, they were never going to They hit. don't do that. <laughs> no, not at all. Anthony K. Shout out to Anthony shout K. Shout out to Anthony K. Yeah, at that was Tony a, Buckets 19. That was a good uh, That was a good one. It was nice to see that, that kind of a start from him, even though, of course, it is against Baltimore. But we mentioned, it's been mentioned a lot, Baltimore's offense isn't that bad. It's their bullpen no. that, it's their pitching staff that is even worse than ours somehow. So it is. Their starting uh, pitching is bad. Yeah, I would say if I had to pick one word to describe their uh their pitching it would be poopy <laughs> it was really bad but anthony k does this do you think this grants him uh a future spot start was this enough to give give him enough goodwill to have a future spot start where oh for needed? sure yeah if he's ever needed again like maybe the blue jays want have a bunch of games in a row and they want to give some guys an extra day off i could see him slotting back in at some point for sure yeah this is a uh, anytime you can work around some jams without giving up any damage i think that that signals that you've done a good job and yeah i mean he was good strikeout to walk ratio so i I thought he did a great job in that one yep uh you know who else did a great job in that game jacob barnes yep it was nice to see uh that another waiver wire pickup uh, <laughs> <laughs> of the DFA list. I think we want to trade some cash for him or something to, to the Mets. So it was nice to see mm-hmm. that. Sacedo. Yeah, Sacedo was good. So that was nice. Um, this was a great. This was a great game because not only was it nass whipping, but all these guys, K. Castro, Murphy, Barnes, Sacedo, they're all. They're not even B players on this team. They're the no. guys. They're all. You know, I would say at least three of these guys wouldn't be on the team if it was. You know, if Kirby Yates and David Phelps and Julie Merriweather and Thomas Hatch were healthy and Ryan Brucky <laughs> and Ryan Brucky, maybe all five of them wouldn't. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse oh, me. Boy. <coughs> um, but yeah, that was that nine nothing game to kick off the series. As we predicted in the next game, Patrick, Alec Manoa had appealed his suspension, so they hadn't had his his hearing yet. So he started the game, uh, a revenge game against the Orioles after he had been tossed the weekend prior. He goes six strong, allows one unearned run uh, on four hits, two walks, and six strikeouts. Immediately after the game, he uh, dropped his appeal, so he will serve his five-game suspension. It looks like he'll be on track to make a start against the Mariners. Uh, which we will talk about. Or not against the Mariners, against the... Uh, who been on the weekend? I can't remember. Somebody on Friday. He's back on the second. I can't remember. I can't look that far ahead. I'm broken. But immediately after Alec Manoa left the game, uh, so at the time, after six innings, the Blue Jays were up 3-1. to one. They proceeded to score two more runs in the bottom of the seventh to take a 5-1 to one lead. Before the boys, Tyler Chatwood and uh, Sacedo come in and hand the game away. Of course, it was Chatwood, which is unfortunate because he had been good for his last like five start or five outings prior to that. But he gave up two walks, Patrick. Uh, couldn't find the zone, gave up a hit, ended up being charged with three earned <coughs> runs. Uh, so Sato came in and gave up the other one on two hits. So there was a four-run inning for Baltimore. They tied the game. It ends up going to extras after Jordan Romano shuts out Baltimore in the ninth. And then Trent Thornton walks three batters. So there's a runner on second. He loads the bases with the first two walks and then walks in a run before he gets out of the inning. And then the Blue Jays were unable to score a run in the bottom of the uh, 10th because Baltimore's bullpen is actually not that bad. They have some good high leverage guys. Patrick Marsh is dying right now, so I'm just going to keep talking. Yeah. Uh, Gurriel was three for four. Guerrero Jr. hit a home run in that one. 
And George Springer also hit a home run to straightaway center, so that was good to see him get off the schneid. Are you done dying, Patrick? Do you have any thoughts on this game? Uh, I do. <clears throat> I think I got like a <clears throat> like a frog in my throat or something. Yeah, Just it sounds like it's an, a big one. <laughs> yeah, like out of nowhere. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, this game pissed me off. <laughs> this was a typical uh, a classic soon, bullpen game. As soon as, uh, I think it was, Chatwood had one out, but he had two on. And he put somebody else on. Yeah. And I was like, yep, they're going to lose this game. <laughs> and it, it was like in the, in just the blink of a fucking eye. Uh, it went from being what should have been a cakewalk to absolute disaster. Yeah. There was a uh, post on Reddit today that talked that the Blue Jays <clears throat> have now lost 18 games when they've been tied or winning after six innings so obviously we can't expect them to win all of those games but even if you win a handful of those that puts you in a, in a different spot in the standings but we won't talk about ifs and buts it's uh just interesting that we've had 18 blown games after in the seventh inning or later so that's a little bit depressing to think about uh <laughs> the jays did rebound though they came back on saturday and they won 12 to 4 in a dominant performance uh, they had three innings where they scored four runs. Hunjin Ryu was cruising until he got to the seventh, where he ended up giving up four runs in that, or being charged with four runs in the inning. He just sat for too long. Like the Jays scored four in the fifth and four in the sixth. He's just a little bit, probably just out of the game at that point. Ended up getting charged with four runs, but did still pick up the win. It was nice to see Ryu really rebound. His changeup was good. Uh, Barnes again. He pitched another inning in a third. And then Joel Payamps closed that one out for the Jays. Um, in that game, it was a offensive shellacking. The Jays put up 15 hits. Everybody in the lineup except for Gurriel and McGuire had a hit. McGuire did reach base on a walk. The Blue Jay batters, Patrick, only struck out four times. Also walked four times in that one. Um, Bichette with three hits. Hernandez with a couple. Springer with two. Grichuk with three. Espinal with a couple, so it was a nice to see the whole offense really chip in, and that big uh, comeback or not comeback victory, but rebound victory after the blow, bullpen blew them at night before. Yeah, probably a bigger statement uh, for this game than the previous one, as far as what this team is all about. Um, can this is nitpicking, Justin? But I thought that Ryu should have been yanked after six. I know um, the pitch count wasn't there. Yeah, the pitch count was low. Like it was looking like the but, way he was cruising through the first six, it looked like he had a chance to go for the complete game. No, uh, by the time the the uh, the Orioles got to see him for a third or fourth time, it had just been the uh, third time. Yeah, they yeah. they they just they they clobbered him. Yeah, he started getting hit a little bit. I, he, I think he, he just he, sat on the bench for too long on those those two big innings in the fifth and the sixth. The sixth inning in particular was very long because I think Baltimore changed their pitchers one or, once or twice in that inning. So it's a bit of a, a longer time to sit around. But yeah, I, I mean, up 12 to nothing. They didn't really need to leave him in the game. It would have been nice if we could have given them at least seven just to I guess, save save another bullpen arm. But oh, well, it is what it is. The, he gave him uh, two outs in the sixth at least. It wasn't like the bullpen had to come in and get out of a huge jam. Um, 
the finale of the series because this was a four game set the blue jays picked up the three to one series win by winning sunday's finale five to two it was another good outing for ross stripling patrick he kept up the trend of giving up one home run <laughs> but he did go six innings in this one was charged with two earned runs walked one and only struck out three in this game so the strikeouts were a little lower than what they have been but it was still nice to see another good start from strip Patrick Murphy was great in his in the sixth inning, got into a little bit of trouble in the seventh, but Tim Mesa bailed him out by straying the bases loaded with two outs. Yep, yep. Um, Anthony Castro, Tim uh, Anthony Castro struck out the side. It was his uh, second good performance in a row, and then Jordan Romano picked up his third save of the week and lowered his season ERA to a, a stellar one twenty six. Patrick Marsh, terrific. Let's let's recap though. Look at this. Okay, bullpen uh, saved our ass uh, in both games against the Marlins. Uh, blew a tight one uh, in the six-five loss to the Orioles, and then got out of a big uh, jam in this last game. Got out of the big old jam uh, and helped uh, you know preserve uh, the five-to-two game. So that's yeah. three games uh, in the span of a week that they were able to. Uh, you know, outperform expectations, and, and one where they uh, where they blew it. Um, that's a pretty good ratio. That's yeah, cer- I mean, that's, certainly that's... a lot better than what we were experiencing uh, in in May. It's about what you expect from a bullpen. They are not going to save every game. It's not how it works. Um, looking ahead, we go to see we we play Seattle now. We have a day off today and remain at home to play the Mariners. The starters have been announced, which is nice. So in game number one, we'll have Chris Flexen, which is a pretty cool name, against uh, Robbie Ray. Game two will be the youngster Justice Sheffield against Steven Matz, who will return for the Blue Jays. And then game three, we'll see Hunjin Ryu take on Yusei Kikuchi, which should be a fun one. The Jays had tried to sign uh, Kikuchi when he came over from the Nippon League, so it'll be interesting to see how that one goes. Uh, some pretty fun matchups. We've got... Uh, Three lefties for the Jays. The Mariners are countering with, with Sheffield and Kikuchi, who are both lefties. So only right, one right-handed starter with Chris Flexen making the making the start tomorrow. But uh, Flexen and uh, and Kikuchi both have pretty good numbers on the season. So it'll be I'll be curious to see how the Jays play Seattle. We haven't seen them since 2019, so it'll be fun to see the Mariners again. Um, two of the games feel like toss-ups, uh, and then one of them is an obvious mismatch. I don't know, man. Seattle, I think, are better than than what we think they are. Yeah, they uh, they they have the classic uh, winning record with a negative run differential, as the Mariners always do until they inevitably just like fall apart in September. So, <laughs> yeah, but they haven't fallen apart yet. It's not which September is one yet. Thing. <laughs> uh, Chris Flexen is having like an all star great season. season. Yeah, I, I haven't uh, really heard of this guy. Not gonna lie. It's, Until they, I looked at the schedule. The matchup, Flexen versus Ray, is interesting because they're two very different pitchers. One is a uh, K-machine, and the other pitches to soft. Soft contact. Very soft contact. Feathery. Uh, flaccid contact. Yeah. Uh, Justice Sheffield, on the other hand, hasn't had a great year. He's 5-7, and seven, which isn't terrible. Um, but in those games, he's not really getting a lot of strikeouts. He's, 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 <laughs> he's given up a lot of tacos. Yeah. Uh, and then Steven Matz in his return pitch, I have very low expectations for him. I expect him to be out of the game 
uh, after five at yeah, most. Five would be great. If he can give us five innings in a return and like even 80 pitches or something just to work his way back in, that would be excellent. Yep. Uh, and then K- Kikuchi versus Ryu. That's kind of cool. That should be fun. Uh, yeah. Uh, two, uh, two Asian. The Asia Bowl. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Two Asian players who uh, have a tremendous amount of success in other leagues. Uh, you know, and Kikuchi's uh, been better this year. He he had a rough 2020, if I remember correctly, but um, yeah. I think he's he's been pitching well. So these two guys are great. They're they're great uh, great pitchers that don't they pitch very differently as well. Kikuchi is more of a power arm, while Ryu is all about trying to trick you into swinging at at stuff that you shouldn't. Yeah, very his very deceptive off speed stuff. Um. That's going to be a fun one, and that's that's a ghetto that's a getaway game because it's Canada Day. Yeah, it's good. But they uh, won't be wearing the red. Yeah, they'll be it's, wearing the powder blues. Uh, it's going to be fun. That one's going to be, uh, of course, yeah, an afternoon game. The Jays aren't going anywhere though, because Tampa Bay does come to Salem Field on the weekend for a Friday to Sunday series. This is a big week for the Blue Jays, Patrick, because um, these teams like Seattle is they're fighting with Seattle for the wild card spot, and then of course Tampa Bay is at the top of the AL, AL East. So this is yep. a pretty pretty big game, pretty big uh, week for the Blue Jays. Uh, well, Boston's technically ahead of Tampa Bay because they have one less loss. But if you look at the standings, uh, Seattle is uh, half a game back of the Blue Jays right now. They've played three more games than us. They are forty-one and thirty-eight. We are forty and thirty-six. Yep. Um, the biggest differential we're going to see is run differential. The Blue Jays are at a plus sixty-five, and the Mariners are at a negative forty-three. So they have definitely <laughs> the Mariners have an expected win loss of thirty five and forty four, so they're definitely playing above their record right now, just based on their offensive struggles. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that works. Both teams are seven and three in their last ten games, so coming in and riding pretty good streaks. But if the Blue Jays need to at least win two to three in this series to remain ahead of the Mariners, yep, and try to yep. keep pace in the wild card race, the Jays are currently uh, five games back of the Oakland Athletics. Uh, for this for the second wild card spot uh and in the division i believe they are uh six games back of the division leading red Sox right now based on win loss records and winning percentages so still within striking distance in, in both of those areas of course we, we teed up we've got tampa bay coming as well too it'd be great to see a series win there because the, the jays have played some heartbreakers against the Rays so far this season and, and not done so well uh they need to find a way to win Again, you're trying to go four and two again this week, Patrick Marsh, just to keep up that winning that winning pace. Yeah, that's the baseline for pretty much the rest of the year. Is win to two out of three winning, games. Win two out of three. Uh, every single series you play, it's hard to do, and it's a long season. Jays still have 86 games left on the schedule. Uh, they're projected to win uh, 87, go 87 and 75, which is actually a great record. Unfortunately. Uh, that would put them behind, uh, I believe it is the... The Rays and be, the A's are in the it's wild actually the, spots the right athle- now. Yeah, the Athletics are projected to win 89 games, and that's who we're chasing right yeah. now. Uh, it goes up and down. Uh, the Yankees are also expected to have 89 wins, so we have to beat them every time we play them. Um, but if uh, looking at, at, at things now for, for us... Um, we're in a decent shape because we're beating up on the teams we're supposed to beat up on. But now mm-hmm. is the time. If we are going to uh, make a move, we have to beat up Seattle. 
and then when it comes to the games against the Rays, take two or three, all of a sudden our projected uh, projected record should jump up at least a game, if not two. Yeah, it'd be Which great. Is huge. It'd be great to see that. Um, yeah. Obviously, with the off day today. There's nothing really to, to talk about in terms of teeing up tonight's game, so we'll have to wait until tomorrow night. I'm glad they're not West Coast games because those are so late. I'm glad yeah, the Mariners are in Buffalo. It makes it easier to watch. But uh, we're going to be back on Friday <clears throat> as, the, as the plan. We'll do a daytime episode since Patrick and I both have the day off. We've taken some holidays to tack them on to our Canada Day, so we'll make a nice little long weekend. So we'll have something prepped. We'll touch on some minor league reports, maybe. We haven't talked about the minor leagues for a while, so we'll see how some guys down on the farm are doing. Maybe talk about uh, Austin Martin and Jordan Groshans, who actually hit the seven-day IL. I'm not sure why yet, but I saw he was on there. So we'll, we'll do some digging on that. We'll talk about some odd Taylor, Gabe Mourinho, uh, Kevin Smith's having a nice year in AAA, so we'll talk about them. We'll even get down, we'll look at some of the guys in the lower levels, too, who are making some moves this year. Uh, like Tanner Kerwer, who moved up from Vancouver to, to New Hampshire. So we'll touch on him a little bit. But uh, you can find us on Twitter at BFMD Podcast and listen on Spotify, Google, Apple, a bunch of other places. We're hosted on Anchor. Shout out to Anchor for that. Find our website, Batflips, Maple Dips, BFMDpodcast.com. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode. Leave us a review if you like us. If you don't, kick rocks. Just kidding. Tell us how we can get better. Send us a message on Twitter if you've got questions. We'll have a nice episode on Friday, so send us anything you want us to talk about. But for Patrick Marsh out in Halifax, it's Justin Anderson here in Saskatoon. Stay cool this week. We'll talk to you Friday.